I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison, and welcome back to the podcast. I want to start off by sending out a big thank you to everybody. I just learned and want to celebrate with you that Parenting the Adlerian Way, the podcast that I started in March at the beginning of the pandemic, has now landed as the number seven uh, ranked podcast in Canada in the parenting category and two in Bulgaria and a lot of other high numbers uh, internationally, which I won't bore you with the exact rankings of every country. But the point is, I'm super happy that you folks have been listening, that you have been sharing and recommending. And if you haven't already, please jump in and, and write a review. That also helps our ranking. And all those little efforts end up helping get the important information of democratic parenting out to the bigger world. So I'm so thankful for your contributions in helping amplify what we're talking about here. And although we've had a few weeks with some interviews, I'm back to answering questions. So I want to thank you. Uh, if you have a question for me, please look in the show notes. You'll see that you can uh, email me or reach out on any of my social media handles. And um, I will put them in the list and we'll get through them. Starting today, uh, I would love to get advice on parenting teens during COVID during the winter. They desperately want and need to be with their friends, but long walks are tough with their challenging weather. I feel we are punishing them by saying no to going inside friends' houses, but understand why it's critical that they follow the rules. And so many parents are breaking the rules, so I keep hearing, Rachel's allowed to have friends over, why can't I? Thanks, for uh, and sorry for the long-winded comment, not long at all. So a couple things. One is... 
Okay, it's winter, Canada, and I know that if you're in an urban center, you will probably find that you have been trained to believe that uh, our teens need a tremendous amount of assistance, that if you look at Canada versus other cultures— we have the uh, lowest distance by which we will transport our children. So if we hear that our teens need to go further than one kilometer from our house, we're like, oh, my, 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 I must drive you. That's too far. We have to. Our teens are fine. A, they can walk. And B, they can get snow pants and warm gloves and toques and scarves, and they can be dressed appropriately. And I'm sure that people in the far north of, of our country are giggling <laughs> That's, you know, when you're living in parts of our country that are minus 30 all winter and in the dark, and their teens do fine. Um, and so we really have to rethink what that's about. And there's lots of countries, um, you know, uh, our Nordic countries, some of the happiest places on earth, right? There's places where we can embrace and be outside. So I think we just have to switch our our expectation of what our teens can handle and buy appropriate gear, but also because we haven't had a culture that, um, in the city anyways, that really has opportunities for outdoor activities if you don't ski or, or skate. Yeah, then we do have to get creative with our teens. And so what, what might that be? What could we rethink? And uh, so, you know, could you shovel the driveway and put a spike ball game out there, uh, you know, a table tennis game out there? A bonfire. I don't know what the city ordinance will say about that or a chimney. Um, but I do, I do think that we we need to fit. We're going to be in this winter long enough that it's time to make a concerted effort to think about how to get things in place and create some traditions, borrow them from other colder countries of things that people can do. Uh, because I think it's going to just be too long to be inside, and we do want them to be together. To to the point about the other people breaking the rules, I think we can just say, I'm sorry. You know, people have a difference of opinion. People do things their own way. People have different family rules, and uh, they, we don't share those rules. And that covers so many things. You know, we've got anti-maskers. We have anti-vaxxers. We have... Um, so many differences that can happen in families, different curfews, how they feel about underage drinking. The point is our family operates this way and these are our rules and we really need your help about this and um, and to appeal to them to, to please understand why it's important to us and why public health requires that everybody shoulder um, a bit of this burden in order to for things to come to the end. And I think that's got to be the biggest motivation for teens. We can do this the slow way or we can do this the long way. The sooner you want to get to see your friends, then the more you got to stay away from them now, right? Places like Australia, New Zealand, places where they really did the lockdown, everybody looked after things. They now have all kinds of freedoms that we wish we had. So, uh, you know, appeal to them as being part of the solution and part of the speeding back to, to normalcy. And just be, you know, compassionate. I, I, I understand the frustration. We're not... Um, we're not oblivious to how hard this is, uh, but neither are we the personal meanie, meanies. We're, we're trying to work with them to come up with solutions that fit the needs of the situation, and uh, we, we need their help with it. Okay, next question. I have a different type of concern. We left Toronto a month ago with my 15-year-old son. We came to Costa Rica. Our family is here. And all he wants to do is go back to Canada to spend hours in the basement by himself, talking to his friends and playing computer games. He really is never happy. He has no idea how lucky he is. We came here so he could be more outside. Thanks. 
well, I'll I'll do a tag team with him. I'd love to be in Costa Rica right now. I've been to Costa Rica, actually, on a meditation uh, hypnosis retreat as a trainer. It was fabulous. So I don't know um, where you are. I was uh, in the interior with where the volcanoes are. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. So um, I'm sorry that he's not enjoying it. But to the point of your question... Um, you know, at 15 years old, the the number one concern for our youth and adolescents is where our friends are. And so, you know, we can take our kids on all kinds of amazing adventures and experiences, and they can bemoan it because for them, their value system is not about where I am. What's important to them is, am I with friends? Now, you would think in a wired world that that would be a little bit easier um, because if he is just in the basement at home, he's not really with them anyway. And I would assume that the internet and Wi-Fi in Costa Rica is is the same. But I think he's just as connected to his friends. But that's really what life is about for him. It's his, it's his immediate community. It's about his friends. And he doesn't have the same uh, value set about the beach and extended family that you do. I still think it's a lovely thing that you did, but we need to, um, I guess, help him understand, yep, you know what, you can have your time gaming and you can have your time with your friends. And I know at 15, that's an important part of your life. And um, then and then we can ask how he might squeeze in some balance in his life. And whether it's in Costa Rica or whether it was at home, you would still expect, regardless of the bigger environment, for him to get a good night's sleep eat good food, spend time with the real people around him, and to get out into fresh air. So fresh air in Toronto is cold and snowy, and fresh air in Costa Rica is sun and beach, but it's still being outside and it's still expected. And uh, so you can talk to him about having a balance. You might not expect him to appreciate what he's got, but that's not the point. The point is not the appreciation. The The, the point is parenting in a way that we pr- provide those um, structures to make sure that our kids are getting through with the baseline of what they need for good health and good mental health. And so that includes the socializing, the family, um, the fresh air, all those good things. So sp- have the conversation that way and, and don't be too worried if he's not the biggest cheerleader of the decision. All right, next one. How do I help my 13-year-old with anxiety she presently is experiencing when out in public with strangers after being only with her family of four and when at school only with the other 24 students uh, for the last nine months? To her, it feels loud and scary. Yeah, I get it. I remember having grown up in a small town. I grew up in Kitchener-Waterloo in uh, in Ontario. And I remember making trips into Toronto. And Toronto at the time for me was this, compared to my hometown, big and bustling. And I remember there's just like pigeons everywhere. And I had never seen homeless people. I had never seen beggars. I had never seen poverty. I'd never seen um, so much traffic. Uh, it felt chaotic. It felt scary. and uh, And it made me anxious. And then I remember going to New York City for the first time, and I thought, oh, man, Toronto looks like a kindergarten compared to New York City with the cabs that at that time had welded ramming rods on their front fenders and um, honking, constant honking, and people pushing and shoving and blatant disregard. It was crazy times. And so I thought, holy cow, you know, I went from Waterloo being my baseline to Toronto being baseline to, you know, now New York doesn't seem threatening to me at all. Of course, they've also cleaned it up and things. But the point is, we acclimate. 
that we put ourselves into situations that first present as stressful because they're different from our baseline. And her baseline now has been 24 students in a quiet little classroom and online. And it's going to seem very loud and scary in the big world. And I think every child that's coming out of lockdown as we start to open up is going to have to face this sort of like, woo, I mean, I feel it now. Even when I see people hugging on TV on a movie that was recorded and, you know, filmed in 2013, I go, oh, that's that's too close. I go, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was filmed before the pandemic. Everything seems strange. Everything sort of sets off my alarm bells. So it will take time. It's stress tolerance and it's acclimation. And it'll happen. The important thing for a parent is to just be able to squeeze a hand, rub a back, and say, yeah, I know, we just, you know, we all got to get used to it. But you'll manage. The mistake we don't want to make is when we say, I will protect you from that fear, and so we'll stay home, and you'll never go to school, and you'll never go out, and I'll drive you everywhere, and we cannot evade and avoid. We have to get on with life. So small stress inoculations to the level that she can manage, and know and have faith and trust that they will grow, and and they will. And if we hold that truth and hope and help them on their journey, it, it really will. And uh, my last one here. Oh, well, actually, sorry, I lied. I have two more. This is just such a short question, but it's such a big topic. Managing screen time with teens during COVID. And I feel like I've answered this a lot. But um, again, we're talking about teenagers. And so I, again, I'm just going to reiterate. I don't really believe in the idea of time. I believe in balance. And I believe in using our digital tools for the betterment of our life. And in our teenage years, we need to spend a lot of time with our peers and in our youth culture. And a lot of it happens online. But you got to have a pretty, you got to have a teen that has a good sense of of root of themselves. They need to be able to deflect the, the crap that they see and they need to have their own opinions about uh, what's being presented to them. And there's a lot of maturity that needs to happen with that too. So you do need to be part of the ongoing conversation about this submersive experience that they're having. And we really just, we need to have balance. You need a good kid who's got some of their stuff figured out and you need to process it with them and make sure that they've got balance. You know, are they hearing information from a group of different sources? Are they spending time in real life with human beings and the relationships that are not just their peers, but also their extended family, their wise mentors? Are they spending time on uh, creative activities, not just passive consuming of YouTube videos? Um, You know, do they uh, spend time on their responsibilities to family in terms of their chores and schooling? And um, are they developing their health through getting out in the fresh air and exercising? It's about balance and it's about digital citizenship. So I let my kids have their phone with them. And I know texts would be pinging when we were in conversations, but were they able to keep eye contact with me and and wait till a pause and have an appropriate time to reply? Um, Put the phone down at dinner when we're in family conversation. you know, to be to be able to to keep respectful attention where it's supposed to go and still juggle all the balls of life, you know, homework, fun, other commitments. It takes time. It's time management like anything else. And so um, I think that if you have a lot of scaffolding in the beginning when your kids are young and they're first on social media and you say, you know, so much screen time and no data here or whatever it might be, but we have to keep opening up the floodgates as they learn better at juggling that because 
as you see how adults use their technology. It's irresponsible to text and drive. Um, But we all have our phones with us all the time. We're all checking our text messages when we're in line at the grocery store paying bills. We all have both the iPad, the the laptop, and the phone. Like, if you have to look at how adults are using it and stop shaming kids because they're in this immersive um, environment as well. So we just want to make sure that all of us, adults and teens, are having a healthy relationship with tech, that they are tools for our betterment, not time sucks that pull us down into some deep spiral of misinformation and, you know, um, bad online behavior and bad world contributions. So so that's my thoughts on that. And then now I will end on this one. I have a great child who has completely disengaged from online learning. He has no interest at all, even in art classes that he previously would have loved. He does usually log into class, but doesn't participate, does no work, and is just biding time until he's released at 3.15. He won't get any credits, and I'm considering just pulling him from the year and calling it a wash before his esteem and, and will are damaged even more. How do I motivate a kid who seems to feel utterly hopeless and unengaged and moving forward with even the barest academics? Well, gosh, I'm so sorry that it's come to that. And, um, you know, we had to talk about a five-year-old. I don't know the the age of your particular child. I'm definitely going to say that for some kids, this just isn't working. And yes, one of your options could be to pull him and say it's not working. Uh, But that's only one. I would generate a bunch of options, and I would speak to him, and I would speak to the teacher and try to get that list going. I think you might be surprised that it could be that, you know what, showing up and learning online is not the thing. But if you actually said, give me the package, and if he can go research this and find YouTube videos and external sources and read textbooks and just hand in the three assignments, can can you give him credit? He doesn't need to log in. If he just hands in what you want to mark him on and I sign off that he did the work, is that enough? There, You know, you can work with the schools to talk about other ways. It could be that, that this particular school is not doing it the right way. And there's other online academies, you know, that you can look into, places that have done online learning for far more years. It might be that they're, and again, I don't know your budget, you know, some smaller schools were in lockdown right now, but some schools have gone back to classrooms, smaller classroom sizes. So it could be if you relocated him, you might get something, hiring a tutor, um, finding out specifically what part has turned him off. You know, um, if if we have been bemoaning online education and, and he's overheard through the news and social media that it's a joke, it's a joke, this year's a write-off, he might go, yeah, it is a write-off, I'm not going to. So it could be that he's just picking up on negative attitudes of some of the um, conversation that we've been having around adult learning. And I just want to make sure that he really understands that education is his responsibility. Getting himself educated is his responsibility. And does he want to push through with this, you know, crappy year that it is and uh, and clock that up behind him and taking the year off is certainly an option but you know overall it's just delaying the inevitable and so some kids are like well I you know I don't want to delay the inevitable I don't want to fall behind my friend group I don't want to be the 16 year old hanging out with all the 15 year olds and some 14 year olds depending on you know so it 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 may be that when you present the the big full picture that he might decide differently. So I would definitely drill down, find out what part is hard, what would help engage him, whether that's different situation, a different year, working independently. Um, I think until you find out really what the um, what the problem is, it's hard to recommend solutions. But I guess what I'm saying is ultimately, to your point, 
somebody who's uh, decided they're not going to learn, they're not going to learn. <laughs> and so we have to just call it for what it is. And if that means saying, I guess this year is is done, um, why don't we just have a graceful end to this and uh, say that it just wasn't going to work out uh, and just, you know, watch how he, watch his response and his reaction to that. And And that's okay. That can be... Choosing to step aside could feel a lot better than flunking out. But work with him. Work with him with a lot of communication and work with the school and try to get to the specifics and try to generate as many alternatives as possible to see if there's some other sweet sweet spot. Uh, because, yeah, we don't know how long this is going to go on. And, um, and we want everyone to thrive. And mostly, we can catch up on learning. We can catch up on identifying, you know, the... Uh, lakes on a map. We can figure out what the different food groups are and all the other stuff that they teach you in school. That We can catch up on learning. Um, what becomes harder is catching up on our mental health that says, I'm stupid, I can't do it, I'm a failure, I'm behind. I, those mental conversations are far harder to erase than getting caught up on some things that you can learn in Google later. So, um, so yeah, just keep that in mind as you have that open conversation with him. And uh, and good luck. Good luck. And good luck to everybody. You are not in this alone. I hope it feels comforting to hear these questions, to know that other people are in the same boat as you are. And nobody's asking for people to be spectacular. We're asking for people to be compassionate, kind, do your best, link arms with others. And I hope this has been a bit of help and support and some ideas for you moving forward. Till the next one, keep sending in questions. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.